Okay, here we are, another episode of Reimagined Faith. I'm TJ Stone, and I'm here with Destiny Love and Lauren Swain. And our topic today is, how big is the body of Christ? Hmm. Lauren. Questions, questions. You have thoughts on this to get us started? That it is bigger than probably what we even think or can imagine it to be at this point. So if I think of like the collective whole of each individual, then I go back to that verse that's like, um, it talks about how we are all different parts of this collective body. I think about just like the physical anatomy of the human body and how there are so many elements in which we can't even fathom their being. I think of that being a representation of what the actual body of Christ in a sense is like as well to that magnitude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Uh, what experiences in your life have led you to have a more open view that the body could be bigger than we imagine? I think it's, honestly, I feel like it's recognizing my smallness in it and also my bigness in the body. Um, and so what I mean by that is recognizing that like that my, my part in the body is necessary and needed, but there's also the element, the smallness element of it is that that means that there are so many other parts in the body too, that I need to be connected to, or that are connected to me as we're connected to God that are also necessary and needed at the same time. And so like the bigness of is that we can't. Uh, operate in the full extent of the body if we're not all connected to one and recognizing too that like I have to be connected to them to operate but there is something about me and what I what I contain that is necessary at the same time and so it's that like collective but then the individual stance as well Hmm. that's good destiny you got thoughts there so I when I think about the body, I, I just think about how we have used that and maybe how we have shrunk the body. <laughs> I guess that's what that's what automatically comes up. I just think about because we are humans, right? We can try to box things in and which is oftentimes way smaller than um, what God has in mind. And I just think about what that has looked like and what that has felt like. and, And I think I'm just at this place where I am being invited to something bigger, right? Being invited to something um, way outside of what we have seen. So I don't know about you guys, but when I think about inclusivity and humans being made in the image of God, I just think, that is just 
even when you sit with that, it's like it's something that can make your your head hurt. It's like, what? Like, hold on. So I just, I, I guess when I hear it, I just begin to think of all the things that we have seen that is like, yeah, that's probably not it. Like this us and them approach. Um, so, some are in, some are out. <laughs> you know, it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't feel like God, right? So I just think about how as humans, we have probably shrunk the body. <laughs> if that's a thing, we have probably just shrunk the body down to our comfort level. Maybe it's our comfort level. We left it in the dryer too long. Mm. That's what it is. Yeah, we've minimized it down to our ability to see. Mm. Like, and that's it. Yeah. Yes. Or what, you know, or what makes sense or what feels comfortable or, you know, all the things of humanity. Well, that's what we do with God too, right? We we want to make God in our image because we can relate to a person, but we can't relate to all that God encompasses who is outside of sex and gender and three-dimensional space and time and you know we can't really fathom what that even means so we got to make god small right right so as we're on this journey of reimagining faith and really thinking about the body of christ when i hear christ i think unity i think togetherness i think um reconciliation it's like what does that even look like? Oh my gosh, what have we been doing? <laughs> what have we been doing? These are the questions I ask myself every day. What are we what are we doing? Yeah, I think I think that's gonna kind of lead into that other idea we had as an idea of, you know, if if we believe that the body of Christ could encompass even other traditions, possibly even other faith backgrounds. How does a combination of those working together for the good of the body, an interfaith community, if you will, how, how can that look? And I know that there are some out there, but how, how does that work or how can that work? I know, right? Even asking that, like, how do, does this make y'all feel like really far out there? Of Like, oh my goodness, here we are. It's like, we're thinking a little bit bigger. This is a little bit scary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is that, how does that feel? How does it feel for you guys? I know that oftentimes when we have to even begin to explore something out, something else, it can feel like that. What do y'all, how is it for you guys? I get like a little bit of pushback from my own knowledge, right? So like the moment I start to think outside of that, like it's out of this container and think of the bigness or the vastness, like there's also this other part of me that's just kind of like, come back on, come back in, come back into the smallness, come back. Yes. You know, so it's like the internal, like almost this internal conflict or contradiction because what I'm trying to reach is so outside of what I'm, what I already know. But what I'm yes. trying to reach, I'm trying to 
become what I are, what I know, because I know that that holds a lot more substance and truth than what I'm already holding. Right. So yeah, that's what comes up for me is like this. Okay. I want to go, I want to go there with the thought and I want to go there with the seat and seeing it. But yes. There's also this part of me that's Oh, you stay comfortable and like stay in this position of, of, you know, of stillness and not necessarily like smallness, but definitely just comfort. Absolutely. Yes. Cause this is what, you know, right. This is what, you know, don't go off into what you don't know. <laughs> don't explore, Lauren. Don't, I, don't explore out here. And I'm like, no, I need to explore because there's something in me too that is not comfortable with the comfort. Hello. Um, I know that there is more to like reach or see or touch or hear. And like Destiny, when you were talking, the thing that came that came up for me was the mirror, right? So as we're saying, we're made in the image of God. So I think about like the reflection. So if I stand in front of the mirror, yeah. I'm not seeing one part of my body as I'm standing in front of the mirror, right? Oh, I'm seeing all parts of the, my body in front of the mirror. And I think that's when we're talking about made in the image of God, like you might be the eye and I might be the mouth or, you know, TJ yeah. might something like that. But if we say that that is the body, then that is incorrect. And we're missing lots of other elements because wow. who's the blood, you know, who's the blood and, um, and like, who's the hair and all the strands of hair that are on our head. Hello. So the fullness of that. It can't just be one sector or section of humanity or one religious group or one you know sex or you know it can't like there's no why would it be why would it be anyway because isn't the the goal is to build the body continue to build upon the body wow be as small as it is if we are going to continue to expand it it can't be oh my goodness Mm. I, i resonate with a lot of that I I think I find myself wanting a, a desire to have and do currently kind of have a foot in the known, uh, yeah, the safety, <laughs> and also a foot in the you know exploring what well, what I don't know what what could this be and and the the adventurous part of me kind of butts heads with the safety security don't want to leave. Right. Not only the things that I know, but people's perceptions mm. of me as the person who is firmly in the world of of the known quote unquote Christian something. Um, oh wow! And so I find that's more the thing I butt up against is not so much my own desires for security, so much as it is my own desires to be seen as someone who is safe and secure and finding Mm. it hard for the people that I want to be in relationship with to see me as that if I don't still have a foot in that. So I find myself asking the question is, can you hold both or does Mm. God really call us to safety and security or does he only call us really, especially those of us who have that adventurous uh, spirit and that unquenchable desire to keep wanting to know God more and more fully, does he not call us to hard things? I mean, I look in the Bible and all the, the people he seemed to call, he called to some pretty difficult things. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. So I, 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 I'm kind of in the wrestle there. I don't know 
what moving forward into what I feel called to do even looks like. Right. Right. And TJ, I so empathize with that thought of once I share this out loud, right? What does that mean for the relationships? (laughs) What does that mean for people that I'm in relationship with, right? I even feel there's things that I, I say out loud and I'm like, oh goodness, there went somebody, you know, because at that point, we're outside of the comfort of what we know, mm-hmm. right? And then we, we, then once we say it out loud, it's like we have to, we open ourselves up to others' thoughts, opinions, judgments, whatever. Um, but I really feel like this is what faith is. This is the journey of faith. Like not the, the, this is what I know. And this is what feels safe. And this is what feels secure. This is what's comfortable for me. I really, the more and more I, I am on this journey, I'm like, yeah, this is what it is. Like, (laughs) I don't know. And I have a lot of questions and where am I, where can I share this? Where can I explore this? Where can I say this out loud and be safe? Yeah. I think that's the biggest piece. Definitely. It's the safety. Yeah. Cause what, I mean, just what we know is that anytime there is a break from what we have as a called a cultural norm or even a religious norm, right. A lot of pushback from the same people that were wanting to be accepting and tolerant and loving, I guess, in that. Um, And that's where it gets a little bit, gets a little bit hard. That's where it gets hard. And I think too, that's maybe why um, sometimes we don't even go to those next levels is because of, because of that, because of that hardness from what, because it's like having a community and then not having a community just because there's some type of difference in thought maybe, or in an right. idea. Um, and that's really risky. I guess that's what I'm going to say. It's kind of risky. It sure is. Yeah. Knowing what we know as believers, like what we need in order to fully, you know, as we're talking about like the body, if I'm being detached from the body because I've had a, a different thought or belief or something like that, then that's going against the whole purpose of connecting to the body to operate yeah. in the fullness of, um, of who we are. So it's, just, it's like this, I want to stay attached to the body. So I don't operate sure. but like some parts of the body are going to kind of like, you know, push me to the side. Cause I have a different thought process and therefore I still yes. in the fullness. So it just becomes a little bit hazy. Girl. Lauren, <laughs> even you saying that I, I connected with an individual that was kicked out of their faith community for being too deep. And I'm like, oh, yes, I empathize with you. Of course, I'm like, you're, you're my type of person, right? Because you get to, you're asking the hard things and um, you're going into the deep end, right? But then all these things of just over the years I've heard of, don't go off the deep end and, or, oh, the curiosity is what killed the cat you know all these little sayings that we've heard will kind of keep us 
in this place of um of the comfort yeah but even now that i say that out loud i'm like yeah that is so oppressive like (laughs) that is like it's a control control. yeah control mechanism for sure so like like you know like when it's like oh just feel so changed yes honestly let me, let me make you feel so let me plant all this fear right so that you don't go off exploring <laughs> i think it wouldn't be as difficult to navigate relationally if i didn't also at the same time feel called to Christian spaces and to be connected to Christian spaces. Oh, uh, I, I think that's where the real wrestle with it. Cause if all I had to do was just leave it and that would be easy. And then I'd find community outside of it, which I am still trying uh-huh. to do. <laughs> I, I'm not like throwing the baby out with the bathwater either. It's sure. Like, I, I still believe the core principles that I've always believed really. Right. It's just, I look at them with new eyes. And is that yeah. not what an awakening experience is that, that so Absolutely. many people have had throughout history, even in the Bible, you know, it talks about the scales falling from the eyes and, right. and, and like a veil lifted where you could see into the heavenly realm. I'm not saying I'm seeing into the hev- heavenly realm necessarily, but I think it, it can happen in, uh, you know, stages. I, I I think I definitely don't see as I did when I was a child or even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of the faith and the spiritual journey. And there's purpose to all of it. There's purpose to the experiences that we've each had that have led us to this moment that we're all connecting with each other, just having space to talk about this. Uh, right unlearning and this unknowing and yet coupled side by side with a deep knowing a deep knowing that's so good tj and how do you hold the two the the deep (laughs) unknowing and the deep knowing together and and i think god resides somewhere in the interconnection of the two because i think what feels so incomplete about Mm -hmm. so many of the the christian systems that i've been in throughout my life Mm -hmm. is they want to wrap it all up and not leave room for god Mm. they want they want to know and they want to teach that you can know and i think there there are certain things you can know but there's also this mystery of god that you have to hold in the knowing absolutely and I think the more I've made room for that, the more I've been able to love people better of all different, you know, sizes, shapes, backgrounds. Right. And I think that is the way of the kingdom of God. Me too, TJ. And and I look at the things that have really bothered me. And it is definitely, like I shared earlier, the the we're in and these people are out type of mentality or teaching or theology or doctrine, not sure um, the correct um, wording for it, but it's this idea that some are good and some are bad, right? And I've heard that 
in so many different ways. And now like it literally makes me cringe, you know, to the point where it's, it's hard at times to, to hear messages. It's hard to, um, sit in different services. And like, once I hear it, I'm like, oh, here we go again. (laughs) And I know, and I'm such a, I've always been this way. I'm such a come one, come all person. Like, come on, let's, let's go. You know, everybody jump on board. Let's do it. And even, I even remember times where feeling like that, like something was wrong with that. You know, like, okay, either being told that something was wrong with that or just feeling like I'm too open to people or whatever. And of course, all the conversation around the devil and the attacks of the enemy and things of that nature, those conversations, oh, even now they're like, oh, I can barely tolerate them. Yeah, which... I do believe there's spiritual warfare going on all the time, all around sure. us. I just don't know that it looks as simple as a lot of people want to make it. This this kind of black and white. Good know. and bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would like to believe, and on some level do believe, that, you know, we're we're all made in the image of God, and thus we are all the beloved children of God. Uh, Some of us have different understandings and awarenesses of what that means and where we're at in that process and our connection to God. You know, I think we all have a relationship to God. Some of them are better than others, and relationships, you know, just like human relationships, you get what you put into it. And, uh, I would like to believe that God is in the process of redeeming all of creation and all things and all mm. people, uh, even quote unquote, the devil, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, because that seems like what unconditional love at its nth degree to infinity, you take it out beyond human understanding where that would lead you. Mm. And y'all, even as I, well, even as I sh- was talking about it earlier, I, I'm like, Destiny, you're cringing, right? When somebody shares whatever their belief is, because I, I do, like, it really, it really ruffles me. Um, the work now is not to respond out of that, but just to understand that everybody is just at a different place in their journey and just trying to be gracious in that. But then the question of can we really have this big interfaith space, right? If here I am, I'm out here, I'm I'm open and I'm reimagining faith and I would love to have this inclusive space, but then some things I hear, they make me cringe, right? So it's like, is it really possible? And I'm still going to lean towards yes, because I really believe it's an opportunity. Like even when that thing is, when the conversation, when the statement is made or when it just happened today too, guys, before I got on this call, when the statement is made, it's literally an opportunity to practice what it is that I believe, right? So 
it will be a lot of that, but I still think it's possible. And I still think it will really cause us to grow. What y'all yeah. think? I agree. I, I just had a very strange experience last night, actually. Um, I reconnected randomly with, with an old friend of mine who used to be in the small group that my wife and I led a couple, two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. Hadn't really connected with this guy uh, since COVID, really. Uh, and then we reconnected uh, kind of randomly. God just kind of put him on my heart. And now we're having brunch, you know, once a week and for about a month now going. And he invited me to this men's group that's out at a church, you know, a uh, little bit out, out of town. And it's not affiliated with that church or any specific church. And people, it's it's Christian, but it's people from all different expressions of Christianity. There's Methodists there, there's Pentecostals there, there's a lot of Baptists. Seems like maybe there's some Presbyterian. Uh, so nice. Lot, so it's... It's not quite interfaith. It's it's interdenominational for sure, um, and and some age diversity there too. Uh, but it also felt like, okay, this is the most, and and then the the one time that I go with him, it's uh, it's a prayer service. We're, we're just praying out loud and breaking into small groups. And then I get in the group with the two main pastor people that are leading stuff. And I have to, I have a whole topic I got to pray about out loud to these strangers. So I hadn't been in a situation like that in at least 15 years or more. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to pray what's true to me around this and uh, they can amen it or they can pray their own stuff. I don't know. But, you know, I've, I'm here for some reason. I would never have put myself in this group of people that I have to think I'm the most liberal person there, probably by a large margin. <laughs> but for some reason, I have found myself and they want me to come back next week. So, ah. uh, I never would have found myself there on my own accord, and it never would have happened without the, the personal invite through a friend that, you know, I felt called to reconnect with a few weeks back, and I don't know why I'm there. I don't know what God's going to do with it, but I feel like I'm supposed to be connected with this very conservative group of interdenominational guys that have a lot of different ideas probably than I do, and... How do I hold space for that? How do I stay true to myself and my core beliefs, but also be able to be a bridge and see what, you know, connecting with people like this could be? People that I wouldn't personally probably connect with super sure. great, but they're creating a space to hold different ideas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you create a space like that, if you don't have opposing ideas, it kind of goes against the point of having that space. So I might, uh, I might be a disturber. I don't know. <laughs> or, or maybe my role is to just learn from them things I wouldn't think I could learn. I don't know. I have to kind of be open and humble myself to, I feel like, 
this has been an opportunity for a reason and I don't have to know what that reason is just yet. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Like I think what I heard that really stood out TJ was the, the openness and then the humility because the question was like, how do we, how do we do this you know, for at different places in the journey? Right. Um, and I think it is just that openness and the humility piece. And so, so for instance, like if, if I know what I'm coming to this group for, I guess, if that makes any sense. So if I know we're all on a different path or if we're at different levels, I guess, so to speak, or depth, then it will help me to say, okay, so I need to stay humble and open because we're trying to glean from each other and not necessarily teach one another. And so then that will lead me in the path of being able to make connections because I know what my position and role is in the group, but I also know the mission too. So like you were saying, TJ, the mission of the group was is X, Y, and Z is to bring those thoughts that are different together. And so if we know the mission, I think it's a lot easier for us to kind of abide or to fall into place as individuals. That's the mission of the collective. I know how I can show up in that space. And I think that could kind of be the starting point of like, how do we make this interfaith thing work? Maybe that's it, um, to know the mission behind it or to yeah. even create. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love it. I love what you shared about not, not teaching, but holding space, making space. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that in itself is, is challenging. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's the more things that God leads you to, right, that, that you feel like you got a, a little more of a grain of knowledge or, or, or whatever, it's very easy for that to stroke mm -hmm. the ego and use that as a stumbling block and a wall to keep us from more connection than a bridge. You know, sometimes we got to break down the wall to turn it into a bridge to connect with not only like-minded people, but other people as well. Because if there's something they can learn from me, then it stands to reason that there's something I can learn from them in our differences, because that's what the body is supposed to do anyway, right? Hello, and we're all made in the image of God. Good. Yeah. Like when you literally just, when you peer at another human with the knowing that they're made in the image of God, that in itself just makes me like want to learn. Like I lean in, I'm like, teach me what it is I need to know. <laughs> and if you're anything like me who heard that statement again and it just sat differently, because I was like, oh, that's a little bit of a conviction there to because it's that reminder that we're all made in the image of God. So how do I show up with people just in general, mm. right? Wow. Um, and I think just like society as a large, we can see sometimes how we've lost that concept of we are all made in the image of God just by how we show up with each other mm. nowadays. Because it's like, if this is the image or the representation of God, what I do to the representation of God or the image of God is me doing it unto him because it's just a reflection in that mirror, right? Um, and so, man, that 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 allows and it feels a lot more like 
if it if what it feels like is a lot more acceptance yeah. for me with all with the you know and let's not I always want to say acceptance is not tolerance but like it does feel like a lot more acceptance to me with all the parts of the body when I look at it that way yeah mm-hmm. now how does that concept for you Lauren differ from the concept in the evangelical world of uh, love the sinner, hate the sin, because sometimes that feels gross, as opposed to like accept the person even though you can disagree with them, kind of thing. Oh, so like even with the um, like with the the acceptance, right? For me, like the radical acceptance is seeing what is in the moment. And just being not necessarily having to be okay with it, but recognizing that what is in this moment is in this moment, um, and that it doesn't have to go beyond beyond that at all. And I guess like the uh, the not necessarily the tolerance piece, I guess that was mentioned there. It had it on it honestly had nothing to do with the action of individuals, more so than it had to do with um, just like. Let me see how I can explain this a little bit better. So I accept the person that is in front of me, right? I can accept whatever it is that they are, show, however they are showing up as, but I don't, let me, let me say it this way. I don't necessarily have to be influenced by it or it doesn't have to change a shift in me. I can just acknowledge it as it is, sit with it and then go about it that way. But I don't have to like, it doesn't have to do anything in me necessarily in a way of making me move away from what I know the Lord has called me to be or who I know God has called me to be or who I know I am to how to operate in the body. And so I think that's kind of a better way of explaining it of like, if I can recognize who they are and I recognize who I am, then I have this full acceptance of who they are and what they're doing as it relates to the body Mm -hmm. versus trying to like change them or change me. That sounds a lot to me like uh, like a spiritual version of mindfulness as it relates to the body of Christ. Yes, that's what I, I, I was thinking the exact same thing, TJ. And even, and I know when I think about us all being made in the image of God, there's this really beautiful, interesting um confusing at times like connection um this interconnectedness so I know I see myself in the person like it's it's so it's it's a weird dynamic that happens guys I don't even know if I could put it into words but my takeaway of it is that Um, how do I even say this? So this, the, the concept of sin, right? So if I can see myself in that, in that person, this sin thing becomes a little bit smaller for me. Does this, does that make sense of what I'm saying? Uh And that is what happens when I sit with another human being with the knowing that they are made in the image of God. And it's it's the mirror, Lauren. It's like, yeah, right there with you. Like, here we are, this is us. You know, this is, this is humanity. 
And it's no longer this big thing that can cause separation. Yeah. Because when you see part of yourself and others and see that, but for making certain decisions that could also be you, it's, it's a lot easier Hello. to have because it's like a self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So even the, now the saying, love the sin, what is it? Love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even like what that, it, it does feel gross. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a weird thing because like, dang, who does not sin? Exactly. <laughs> Aren't we all that? Yeah. And, yet, and yet somehow that that phrase kind of gets pulled out for very specific things exactly. that we want to talk yeah. about culturally and politically. Yeah. And it's just so amazing, too, how like the words, even the words that have been used in different religious spaces, like the, they alone can be triggering. You know, like I notice sometimes I'm responding and it is a word, you know, which can even be used out of context which in most yeah. times it is it's like oh okay here we go do you know some of those words for you i'm sure we all have them oh yes well one right now that i'm noticing is um the enemy mm. um the enemy or oh open doors that's one of them. Um, yes. Curses. Curses. That's another one. Oh, I just paid attention to that. Yeah. And then, of course, it's, you know, it's October. So we, we're seeing a lot of things right now from like. Yeah. Well, and midterm elections coming up in a few weeks. A lot of people are uh, very concerned oh, around that on all sides. Oh, goodness. It's going to be heightened. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to be a part. Like, I want to be a part, but I don't want to be a part. So Ooh, let me ask you guys a, a part. You want uh, to be a part. Yes. Want to be okay. Okay. <laughs> a little wordplay there. Yeah, I think words have a lot more power meaning than we want to give them sometimes. I have a question for you guys. So kind of as a, as a wrap or a close, when you think about reimagining faith and you think about this body possibly being much bigger, <laughs> way more expansive, right? If there was a invitation call to action, what would that look like? Like, what, it, what would that look like for you as an individual? We're reimagining And I'm going to start. Okay. Um, what comes up for me is even 
like this very conversation of saying some things out loud that I don't always say out loud. Um, sitting with, I don't know. And just being open. I feel like that's a huge, that's an action step for me. Um, and then also not trying to minimize, because I do this at times, what it is that I truly desire or what it is that I was going to say expect, but it's probably more of desire. But at times I'll try to, well, that is that, that's not possible to have this inclusive space and, you know, to not even sit in the space of reimagining. So I think for me, that is, that has been a challenge. Hmm. Yeah. So giving myself permission to do that. Thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Thank you. I think I guess for me, all would be to create the space. Mm. Create the space. Yeah, I think, I think that's yeah, what's. I think that's what's led us all here to this this podcast, right? And, and yeah. This idea is there's something in in me and there's something in each of you that that is pulled towards making space for others, making space for the questions, for the things we don't know. Uh to still hold to the things that we do. But mm-hmm to know that we're somehow propelled to keep asking the questions, to keep holding the space and just see what God does with it. Because I feel like when we hold space, uh, he finds a way to fill it. (laughs) Yeah. And usually in ways that we don't anticipate. So I guess for me, it's just learning to live with the expectancy that God is going to fill the space if we continue to heed the call to make the space. Whoa. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, yay. All right, guys. Well, that concludes another episode of Reimagined Faith. Check us out wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Join our community. Let's reimagine together.